Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the campfire. The only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction. In exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named N.S. Lewis. He called this experience. We've been stuck in construction traffic for eight hours now. If we leave our vehicles, we will die. Please, allow me to tell you his tale. When I was a kid, I watched my best friend die. There was a stream in the middle of the woods behind my house. It marked my parents' property line. Then, on the other side of the stream was an old treehouse. I don't know who put it there, but I never saw anybody else come near it. So Silas and I claimed it as our own. It was in rough shape when we found it, but it had good bones. And over the years we patched in the rotten parts with bits of wood from Dad's workshop. Each summer, Silas would come over nearly every day and we'd go to that treehouse. We had all sorts of forbidden things there, stashed in an airtight plastic bin. A pint of whiskey, a pack of smokes, a few of Dad's old playboys, things like that. We'd work on repairing the treehouse, taking breaks now and then to look through the artifacts from the strange. Alien world of adults and makeup stories. One year, when we were 12, we got a late start. I went on a two-week vacation with my family right after school was over. And by the time I got back, spring was in full bloom. By the time we finally got to work, the path back to the treehouse was overgrown. And we had to spend a couple of days clearing it with old, dull Army-Navy store machetes. When we did make it back, we saw that there were a few new spots of rot. But otherwise, she looked in good shape. We decided that we'd make the repairs later because we were eager to make up for the lost time. We wanted to get back to the enclosure of the treehouse. Our world. I started climbing the ladder. Careful, said Silas from below. That next step looks rotten. I saw that he was right, so I skipped that step and finally made it to the top. I unlatched the door, pushed it open, and stepped inside, feeling the thrill of having something that nobody else in the world has or even knows about. A minute later, I saw Sila's head appear, and then he was all the way up on the platform outside the treehouse. He was smiling, and then, suddenly, he was screaming, clutching his neck, running inside, and slamming the door behind him. He swatted wildly at his neck, his eyes wide with fear, and cried out in pain. What's wrong? I shouted. Something stunned me, he said. But I think I got it. It hurt. Then we heard it through the door. The buzz of an angry swarm of hornets. Oh shit. I said, there's gotta be a nest around here. They sound pissed. What do we do? Silas wiped his eyes dry where a few tears had formed. They can't get us in here, he said. They'll go away after a while. Then we sneak past them, get some spray, and nuke the assholes. But he was wrong. 
they could get us in there. I don't know how exactly they got in, but they got in. Before we knew what was happening, we were both covered in hornets. I twisted in pain from dozens of stings, unable to escape, unable to think. I saw Sila's stagger back, and then he was up against a rotten section of the wall. And then the wall collapsed, and he was falling down. I ran to the opening that Sila's body had created and jumped. I landed on my feet, a few yards beyond Sila's. His head was resting on a rock, with a stream of blood forming, and his neck was bent at an odd angle. He wasn't moving. I had lost some of the hornets in the jump, but still. Others were crawling on me, jamming their stingers into my flesh. Sila's. I screamed, but I knew that he was dead. Come on, man. Run. I ran, in unbelievable pain, through the woods, back to my house, with tears and snot streaming down my face. I kept imagining a swarm of hornets following me, and for many years afterward, I would have nightmares about them. I would see one slip in through the crack under my bedroom door, then another, and then dozens, hundreds, thousands. The door would swing open, and Sila's would be there, dead, but still somehow standing covered in hornets. Lauren and I are back on planet Earth. We didn't kill the professor. He is still there, in that horrible world, with his minions. And he is pissed, with the fury of ten billion hornets from hell. We decided to talk to the judge first. We found her sitting under a tree, thoughtfully chewing on a green fruit. The juices dripping down her chin. All around us, people were walking in the sunlight, holding hands. Some of them were still in their riot gear. It was a very strange sight. Mind if we join you? Asked Lauren. Sure, said the judge. Have a seat. It's so beautiful here, isn't it? It was, and I had to keep fighting that feeling of deep peace to stay focused on our mission. Yes, said Lauren, sitting down next to the judge. Can I ask you something? Shoot, said the judge. Lauren lowered her voice. Well, you're supposed to be this amazing judge of character. So, what do you think of the professor? The judge frowned. What do you think of the professor? She asked. I started to get nervous. On the way over there, we could hear little flashes of conversation from the people walking around the fields. Much of it was professor this and professor that. All about how great he was. Like they were brainwashed or under some kind of spell. It seemed dangerous to share our plan with other people. At the same time, I knew we couldn't do it alone. Lauren, I said. Maybe we shouldn't. It's all right, said Lauren. Then she turned back to the judge. What do I think of the professor? I think that at a minimum he's not telling us the whole truth. And he's probably lying about everything. I don't trust him. At all. I held my breath as the judge looked around silently for a moment. Then she spoke. Thank God. I thought I was the only one. My name's Darcy, by the way, and I run a bookstore in Michigan. Or I did anyway. The only thing I've ever judged is a pie contest so I can tell you I don't know where all this judge stuff is coming from. And another thing I can tell you is that that professor guy is a creep. No, he's a monster, killing all those people. Even if what he says is true, there was no need for that elaborate massacre. The guy is sadistic. I know that much. I let out my breath in relief. Then you're with us, I asked. With you, we're going to stop him. We're going to stop the professor, and then get out of this place. Darcy laughed. And what's the plan? The three of us roll in that death hut of his and ask him nicely to stop. And let us go. Well, I admitted, we don't have much of a plan right now. 
We're going to talk to the engineer next. I'd like to get one of the guards on our side, but I think their brains are too fried. I think maybe they got special treatment from the professor that we didn't get. But what matters is that you're with us, said Lauren, that you understand what has to be done. Darcy nodded. Good, said Lauren, standing up. She pointed across the field to our hut. We'll gather as many as we can and meet at that hut. At midnight, you'll be there. Darcy nodded again. Then she reached down, picked a fruit off the ground, and tossed it to Lauren. Here, she said, tastes like shit, but I think it's what they make those drinks from. It'll give you energy, keep you alert. You'll need that. Thanks, I said, and we headed off to find the engineer. We tried several huts before finding him. He swung the curtain open, and there he was, standing completely naked with a huge grin on his face. Hey, he said, the gatherer and the gardener. Come in, come in. Do you guys want to do a four-way? I got one of those guard chicks in the bathroom taking a shower. I bet she'll be good to go once she comes out. We've already been at it three times. This place fucking rules. Lauren, I said. It's okay, she said to me before addressing the engineer. We need your help. Sure, sure. What do you need? What do you think about the professor? The professor. Shit, that guy's cool. Look, in that other place. The new world or whatever. I was a mechanic. A car mechanic. Wasn't a bad life as far as lives go over there. But listen, I haven't been laid in about a year. Now the pussy is throwing itself at me over here. I'm some kind of big shot, I guess. You guys too. Everybody's talking about how great we all are. Doesn't it bother you? Asked Lauren. All those people that died. All those people we're supposed to kill. The engineer shrugged. Sucks to be them. Some guys get all the luck. Looks like this time, we're those guys. Lauren, I said, we should go. Before she could respond, the curtain to the bathroom slid open. And there was a naked woman, dripping wet, standing there. I recognized her. Amelia. Now guard 802. She was the one we'd talked to before going in to see the professor. Whatever you're thinking of doing, said Amelia. Don't. Huh? Said the engineer. So you're not into a four-way. I thought for sure you would be. They're planning something, said Amelia. They're plotting against the professor. Then she turned to Lauren. This is your only warning. We need your help, said Lauren. Whatever he did to you, somewhere deep down, you have to know that it isn't right. Any of it. You're not a killer, Amelia. But that's what he would have you do. My name is 802, said Amelia. You had better leave now. And if I so much as catch another whiff of this, you'll be dead. I don't care how important you are. No one is more important than the professor. Think it over, said Lauren. Search your heart. And if you do that and find what I know is there, we'll be meeting at. Lauren, I said, for fuck's sake, stop. Dot, 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 we'll be meeting at our hut, near the fish pond, at midnight. Let's go now, I said. So, uh, no four-way then, asked the engineer. A bit after midnight, Lauren and I sat alone in our hut, with Hanky and Hattie sleeping on the bed. Nobody had shown. Maybe the professor is telling the truth. I said half-heartedly. Maybe this really is for the best. Maybe not for everybody, but for enough people that it's justified. We sat in silence for a minute, then Lauren spoke up, seeming so sad and tired. We'll have to do it ourselves. I frowned. How are we going to do that, baby? How are we going to take on the professor? 
and his pet monster, and all the guards who are now no doubt watching us like hawks after your little chat back there with Amelia. Sorry. 802. How? I'll tell you what I'd do, said a voice from the doorway. I looked up in shock to see the engineer. I'd blow up that machine thingy that he's got everything hooked up to. Seems like the engine of this whole operation. Name's Jeff, by the way. You came, said Lauren, standing up and giving him a hug. Thankfully, he was wearing some clothes now. And then we put several bullets in his brain, said a voice from behind Jeff. It was Amelia, and she was, in fact, holding several guns. And you, said Lauren, you searched your heart. Sort of, said Amelia. Jeff and I were getting some, uh, outdoor exercise when we saw it. Those plants, they're not really plants, or they are, but then they turn into something else. They turn into those monsters, the headless ones with the snake bodies and the black bone arms and legs. That's what the professor is up to. I don't know why, but he's raising an army of those things, and it can't be for anything good. Pretty fucked up shit, said Jeff. Have me the hibbijibbies. I couldn't even come after I saw it happen. Just sort of dead in the water at that point. The curtain to the hut slid open one more time. Sorry I'm late, said Darcy. What's the plan? The room fell silent, except for the snores coming from Hattie. As we thought it over. We do it tomorrow, I said, when Lauren and Darcy are supposed to go through the wormhole. We wait until after the wormhole opens, so we have a way out if it goes sideways. First, we get the professor. Shoot him in the head. Then Jeff gets the machine, while the rest of us cover for him. I don't know what it is, but I don't think we want to leave it behind. Then we get the hell out of here. It sounded almost easy when I said it like that. The next evening, we have gathered together again in the professor's bone hut. As before, there was the machine sitting on a table, wired up to four people strapped to chairs. And then the cat. And finally the professor. A few guards were in there with us, including 759, who had been with us since the traffic jam, and 802, our woman on the inside, and the monster. The headless snake bone monster was in there as well. I felt the pistol pressed up against my tailbone and prayed that it didn't make a visible bulge. In a few moments, began the professor. The wormhole will appear, three feet to my right. To clarify, and because I believe in full transparency, I can predict where the wormhole will open in this world with 100% accuracy. Far in advance. That is why I chose to construct my hut here. I have been planning this for some time. As to where the hole will open on the other side, that is less clear. But I have narrowed it down to somewhere in New Mexico. I looked over at the engineer. Jeff. He was trying to act casual, leaning against the machine but he looked obvious to me. Sweat was pouring down his face. The professor went on. It is imperative that we do this now. The gatherer and the judge will make their way to the new world, accompanied by the present guards. I do wish that I had more time to brief you, but the next wormhole will not open for some time. And our work here is urgent. You will learn your roles as you go. There's nothing to it, really, and I know that you'll all catch on in no time. The first person in the row of chairs began to shake, at first gently, and then more violently. It is beginning, said the professor. Wait, said Lauren. I want to say goodbye to my cats first. They're just outside. That wasn't any secret. We could all hear them wailing away. The gardener and I have decided that they will stay here so that at least he can send messages to me. The professor shrugged. 
That's fine, but please hurry. And there's no need to worry about communication, as we have implemented a very sophisticated system. But I agree that the cats will likely feel more at home here. I'll be right back, said Lauren. And that was the signal, or it was supposed to be. Wait, said Darcy. I saw Lauren shoot her a panicked look. This wasn't the plan. My heart was up in my throat as I reached behind me for my pistol. The second person in the line of chairs started to shake, as the first person gushed blood from his nose. They're going to try to kill you, Professor, said Darcy. She sold us out. At once, the seven guards in the room raised their guns and pointed them at various people, including me and Lauren. Amelia played along. Is that so? Asked the professor, grinning. Who was planning on killing me? He looked at me first. Say it ain't so, chief. Darcy opened her mouth to speak. Then there was a bang and a mist of blood sprayed from the side of her head. She dropped to the ground. Then there were six guns pointed at Amelia, who had fired the shot. 802, said the professor, shaking his head. That's too bad. You would have made a fine soldier, but I may let you live yet. Tell me, who else was planning on killing me? The idea is laughable, but can't go unpunished. Just me, said Amelia. What you're doing? I've seen it. I've seen what those plants turn into. They turn into them. She pointed at the monster in the corner. You lied. To me and everyone else. I had my hand behind my back, on the grip of the gun. I didn't know what to do. Is that true? Asked Lauren in an amazingly calm voice. Is that why you would have me gathering pure hearts for you? To turn them into monsters. Why? 799, said the professor. Shoot 802 in the head. There was a gunshot, and then Amelia was dead. Have you been lying to us? Lauren pressed. All of us. You're soldiers too. Have you told them what you're doing? The third person in the line of chairs started to shake. It's not a lie, said the professor. If you do as I say, you'll know glory is unlike you can possibly imagine, dear. Do the plants turn into monsters? Asked Lauren. She was in litigation mode. She had the bastard up on the stand. I just hoped it would work. They're not monsters, gatherer. They're beautiful. But that's what you're doing, right? Raising an army of them. What are you going to do with that army? The fourth person in the line of chairs started to shake. As the previous three bled profusely from their noses. The professor sighed. I'm going to take over the world, he said. We are going to take over the world. Not this miserable world we're in now, with its empty parlor tricks. Earth, the real deal. We will rule over it justly, for the first time since it came into existence. I could see the confusion spread over the guards' faces as I gripped my gun tighter. Off a few feet to the professor's right, I saw a pinhole of pure blackness appear in the air. The wormhole was opening. Is that true, boss? Asked 759. That's what the game was this whole time. Raise an army of these things to bring over to the other side. Yes, said the professor. But everything I've told you is true. Once we conquer it, Earth will become a paradise. The monster in the corner of the hut took a step forward out of the shadows. For the first time, I saw the head clearly. It was the head of Silas, my childhood friend who had broken his neck when he fell from the treehouse. When I saw its face, I felt a terror unlike I had ever known. Please, said the monster, walking towards me. We can be together again. Forever. We can all be together forever. We don't have to die. We can live again and again and again. I pulled the gun out without thinking, cocked it, 
and fired it straight into where I guessed the thing's chest would be. The bullet hit. The monster let out a terrible shriek and shriveled up on the ground. That shot set off a blur of events. The guards began shooting, some at each other, others at the professor. Some at me. I felt a sharp and incredible pain in my shoulder, like 10,000 hornets stinging me at once, and I knew that I'd been shot. On impact, I dropped my gun and fell to my knees. The wormhole was getting bigger. Some of the guards were falling down, dead. The professor was shaking as bullet after bullet hit him. But he wasn't dropping. Lauren was rushing towards me and shouting something. Jeff, she was saying, do it, now. My eyelids felt heavy, but I struggled to keep them open. I watched Jeff unload his pistol into the whirring machine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba where all of the wires were coming from. Sparks flew through the air, and there was a burst of light as the machine exploded. And then Jeff was flying through the air, on fire. We have to go now, Lauren said, pointing at the wormhole. The gunshots were still going off. Guards were coming in from outside, and everyone was shouting. I forced my eyes open with a great effort, and I saw it. The professor dropped to the ground. As soon as he did, the room fell into shocked silence until we heard the first pop. I looked over and saw that, next to the smoldering machine. The first person in the line of chairs had a spaghetti mess of blood and brains where his head should have been. I actually saw it happen to the second person. Her head popped like a balloon. Now, said Lauren, the wormhole is starting to close. I saw that it was in fact starting to get smaller now, as the third head exploded. What about the cats? I asked. We can't leave them here. Got it, said Lauren. You're right. She shoved her gun in my good hand and told me, stay here. Then she ran out of the hut. That's when the professor arose. Black bones began tearing out of his skin, dripping with green slime. Bones grew out of his chest, his arms, his back. The most monstrous one of them all had revealed his true form. He roared as a volley of gunfire tore into him. One by one, he began tearing the guards apart, easily with long black claws, as if they were junk mail. Soon, they were all dead, and he turned to me. You really screwed the pooch here, chief, he said, smiling with hideous black fangs. Dropping a string of green drool, we could have had it all. Now I'll have to plant your heart myself. He reached a clawed hand toward my chest, as I fired a few useless rounds into his. Just as I was prepared to die, I saw a flurry of motion and heard some wild sounds over the ringing in my ears. Then I saw what was happening. Hanky and Hattie were attached to the side of the professor's face, tearing away at it, and he was howling in pain. 
We have to go, screamed Lauren back at my side. The wormholes almost closed and outside. It's, there are millions of those monsters out there, closing in. We have to go right now. We can't leave the kiddies, I said. We have to. Lauren grabbed me and lifted me to my feet with amazing strength. She shoved me into the wormhole, and the last thing I saw before going through to the other side was 759 rising to his feet, with his guts hanging out and charging at the professor. On the other side, I saw Lauren start to emerge, but the hole was closing too fast. She was too big. I grabbed onto her with both arms, though my right arm was in such incredible pain that I don't know how it was still moving. I pulled with all of my strength, and, inch by inch, she came through. All the way, I looked up at the rapidly closing hole and started crying. Hanku and Hari. The hole was about the size of watermelon now. There was nothing that could be done. Then, a ball of fur emerged from it, gripped by a human hand. The hand had a tattoo on it. 759. The fur ball dropped to the ground. It was followed quickly by a second one. Then the hand was gone, and so was the wormhole. I'm at a hospital somewhere in New Mexico right now, recovering from my gunshot wound. Lauren is at a nearby hotel with our cats. I am so grateful that we all made it out, but I can't stop thinking about those who didn't. And my nightmares have taken a different shape. I'm back in my childhood room, and there, like before, is a hornet coming in under the door. Then thousands of them. The door swings open, but this time, its seal is as the snake bone monster. And behind him is an army of them. Millions upon millions. I feel something behind me and whip my head around. It's the professor, in his monstrous unholy form. His black fangs are dripping with green slime. Hey, their chief. It's not wise for me to be posting this. The professor has agents in this world. I don't know how many. I think that we destroyed his main means of communication when we destroyed the machine. But who knows? I was able to post across worlds just by my cat rubbing on my phone. It's not wise for me to be posting this. But I have to. First, I have to let you all know that we're okay. Or at least alive. So many of you showed such warm concern for us throughout this. I can't let you down by going silent before I tell you how it's turned out. The other reason is that I need you to be prepared. The professor is still there, I think, alive and fuming in that other world. And he has an army, a massive army of monsters. His plan is to bring them here and take over this world. We have slowed him down, I think, but we haven't stopped him. Thank you all. If I find out anything major, I will update again. Until then, take care. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels and a blessed day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.